This is Pals, the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. And every time I hear that tone, I go into a little bit of zen. Namaste to you. Namaste to all the animals. That's what I was thinking as I was hearing that song just now. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. I'll tell you what we're all about, why we're here in just a second. I want to say hello to our guest, Greg DeFrancis. Welcome to the show. How are you? I want to say hello to my partner in this particular crime, Valerie Heffron. Val, what's up? How are you? And who do you got there, Val? Say hello and tell us who you got. Yobi says hi. <laughs> boy. I don't know if you call him Joby Boy, but I feel like I just want to call him Joby Boy. Sure. So, do do that? Let's do that. It's just your new, new, your new name in case you were looking for one. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. You probably came here to listen and connect with us for the same reason I came here, to learn to learn what this is about. Maybe you know about animal advocacy, maybe you don't. Maybe you want to learn more about animal advocacy. We will bring you that. Each week, 2 p.m. Eastern time on a Wednesday afternoon, we will bring you leaders in the advocacy space, whether they be professionals running businesses or those who run nonprofit organizations that serve this particular community. We will do that, as I say, each week here live and then go on the podcast platforms. We are on all your podcast platforms. So if you want to hear professionals and animal lovers show on the go, that rhymes, then what you do, go to the podcast platforms, check us out. This show is brought to you in partnership with my company, Philanthropy and Focus, amplifying the message and consulting for nonprofit organizations and Valerie's company, Work Be Done, Work, W-O-R-K-B, the letter B, D-O-N-E.com is their website. Finding the right one to get the job done is their logo. That's the Long Island Railroad. Welcome, Railroad. Welcome to the show, baby. 10% of net profits for work be done. Go to support reputable rescues, shelters, and advocacy groups. So putting your money where your mouth is, as they say in the business. This show, let me tell you what the show is all about. And we will, we have a lot to cover today. With Greg, we're excited to have you here. I said in the in the little green room we have, if you're watching us on Facebook, you'll see it looks like Greg's in Margaritaville, man. I, a little Jimmy Buffett, a little cheeseburger in paradise, the whole thing. If you can't see it on Facebook, check it over on Facebook and you'll see what I'm talking about. So we'll get into all that in a second. Let me tell you what the show is all about, why you're here, as I say, probably to learn. And if you know some of this stuff, then you can teach us and reach out and maybe you come on our show one day. So we want to amplify the message that the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. That is animal lovers, those people who support animals, go to bat on behalf of animals. I was just talking to my friend Val, and I know on a daily basis, she is going to bat on behalf of animals. We wanna show that they support, that that these organizations and these individuals and these businesses and, or, and nonprofits, that they want to connect, they wanna support each other. And through that, we're building a compassionate network. So everyone wins, as we say, especially the animals. We're going to achieve this community through this show that we're highlighting weekly. And we will have other events, other things coming out that will teach our community how to connect and ways that they may connect and uh, and help each other out with. So here's the deal. I'm going to jump right into introducing Greg. We're going to get into this conversation. We got a lot to cover. This is super exciting. We're going to get just, we're just going to get into it, man. So if you have questions and you're watching on Facebook, feel free to jump in and throw us a question. So listen to this. Greg DeFrancis owns and operates Camp Canine Jack's Beach, and his clients have included professional sports figures, Grammy award-winning artists, dot-com millionaires. Greg, maybe we're going to find you one of them dot-com billionaires as well, but dot-com <laughs> millionaires, nationwide rescue groups, and dog lovers galore. He is trained with the famous Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, and returns to Caesar's ranch to assist in training sessions since 2013 listen to this he has helped 
four, excuse me, 5,000 dog owners with everything from human and dog aggression to puppies and senior dogs. And he brings that training to you at your home. I don't think things get more convenient than if you show up at my house and do the training right there. Uh, group canine leadership classes are also available with more than 50 years of human and dog training experience throughout the world. He can bring you simple to understand solutions to difficult canine problems through instinctual communication. God, I need more about that. Just even with human to human combat, you could use a little more instinctual communication help. Canine Camp Jack's Beach was also named Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce's 2020 Small Business Leader of the Year. And Dr. DeFrancis serves on the board of directors for the Safe Animal Shelter of Clay County. Greg, Dr. DeFrancis, thanks for being here. I love two things about you. I, I, a lot, so far, it's two. I like talking to you the other day. I like that you put a capital letter in the middle of your last name like I do. And, <laughs> and I dig your background. Welcome to the show. This is a phenomenal love show. We're thrilled to have you here. How are you, sir? Aloha to everyone. And uh, as you can see, Maluhia is a Hawaiian word that means peace and serenity, which is also my dog's name. So that's, say it again? that's where you need to live. Maluhia? Maluhia. So his name for short is Malu. Malu. That's awesome. Love it. Great. Very cool. Look, just let's start with the story, man. Tell us about your organization. Val and I are going to have questions as we get into this. I mean, there's so many things, so many places we can go. We can talk about what you're doing uh, for the shelter. We could speak about your business. I mean, tell us your story. How do you do 50 years in this space? Tell us about it. Well, not all 50 years was doing the best. I mean, we all have owned dogs in our lifetime and, uh, haven't always done the best of, of what we could do. We did the best with what we could at the time. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, a, a lot of my background, a lot of my adult uh, career background was with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. I was a deputy there for a little over 20 years. I retired actually about 24 years ago <clears throat> and uh, did, not, did not have a canine during that time, but worked with a lot of the canine guys because I, I worked in a drug area. All those guys were my friends may as well go work together <clears throat> and then uh, have a police training business where I also incorporated canine teams from around the country to go work and train with people who uh, live and work nearby them, but they never get a chance to see each other or train together. And then, you know, when you're on a, a particular mission, that's not the best time to go train. So just teaching everybody else on the teams how to work with a dog uh, and how to let the dog do their job. <clears throat> And then, of course, with my business, that actually kind of started as a as an initial joke. Uh, there were a whole group of us that would walk on the beach with our dogs first thing in the morning. And we were watching all the CrossFit folks out on the beach. And we went, you know what? We need to do something like that, but with our dogs. So we'll run a short distance with our dogs, stop, do some push-ups, run another short distance, stop, do some sit-ups. And then we all looked at each other. It's like, it's 6 a.m. I'm not doing that. <laughs> 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 but the joke became, yeah, it's like a boot camp, so we'll call it Camp Canine. And that's actually where it got started. And I don't have a location that, you know, you drop your dog off to. And we'll talk about why that's an important concept uh, and why I don't do that. <clears throat> but I just told everybody, I'm going to keep the name and I'm going to make a business. And it just, it, it fell into place. I never intended for this to be as successful as it was. It wasn't my initial thought. But it's it's been a great opportunity to meet great people, great dogs, etc. 
I love that idea so much. I'm one of those people who, um, if uh, I've tried to do some exercise at home, like um, an app with the yoga on it, and you know, I start doing some poses, my dog is like all over me. You know what I mean? And he right. keeps, like, <laughs> underneath me, he tries to jump on my back. When I'm like, this is not working. <laughs> But then most people do realize that if you're walking your dog, that forces you to do some exercise as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's yeah. a there's a trade-off that goes both ways. Yeah, you know, no, that's yeah. awesome. It's such a great idea. I don't know if you thought about franchising it, but, you know, you <laughs> get a lot of people to uh, take on that business model. And let me just ask you, um, the first question would be, um, you know, I know a lot of people who obviously love animals. Um, that's my tribe. And sometimes even like Tommy's son, he's got a real interest in dogs. You know, so as a, a trainer for a career, would, what, what would you recommend certification wise? Like where would you recommend to learn and get started? You know, what kind of credentials would you recommend obtaining? You know, it, 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 it's oftentimes like that PhD behind my name that doesn't mean anything if I don't demonstrate what I actually know. Yeah. So you can, you can spend time in all of these classes and get all these letters and, and you know, just an accumulation of paper, mm-hmm. but you actually have to get out and do it. <clears throat> and yeah. I think my, my best advice would be if you want to supplement what you're doing, great, but it, it's just like anything else. You can't really know how to play football unless you go out and play football. It's nice to right. do all the, Enough to get you there, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> physically, but being able to uh, work with the dogs, understand the dogs for who they actually are. And mm-hmm. I think because that's what, what Caesar has always been about <clears throat> is trying to understand the dog from the instinctual standpoint, the natural, you know, simple and profound aspect of who a dog actually is, and not mm-hmm. trying to interject human psychology into that. So, right. a very good understanding of dogs. And then, of course, Trial and error, you're not going to get better by not being, yeah. you know, ha- having all successes. You have to go out there. You've got to learn for yourself, develop your style. I mean, my style of teaching was actually developed through, you know, 30 some odd years of teaching police officers. <clears throat> they're they're just a, not setting us apart, but they're a different group because they're more difficult to teach often. <laughs> they just <laughs> don't have the same attention span that uh, most quote unquote normal adults would have. Yeah. And so got to get that information in got to get it you know on on time in a timely manner and in a way that they can understand without you know spending all day getting that information across so develop uh, i think probably the best part about teaching dogs is developing your human skills but not attaching that to the dog yeah i love that show that new show that susan milan has a better human better dog i think such a magical phrase and um you know, it really speaks to, I mean, I guess the biggest example I can think of is, um, you know, when they broke up the Michael Vick dogfighting ring, um, there was, I believe, 38 dogs. They, they called them the victory dogs. And if memory serves, um, I think it was my best friends took them. But out of all of those dogs that were trained to fight and trained to be aggressive and, you know, really tortured, I believe only one was not, did not end up going to a home and um, adoptable. And he was, um, he got to live out his life in a sanctuary 
But right. it's incredible to me when people say, you know, a dog has guarding issues or um, stranger issues or they have a high prey drive and we can't work with them. And these, a lot of times, dogs will get put down. And I really believe that they can be rehabilitated if given the proper training and consistent, you know, someone's working with them consistently. Um, how do you feel about that? I, I changed the, the focus of that just a slight bit because I, I agree with you in, in part. <clears throat> the other part is that we're really not training the dog to do anything they don't know how to do. They know behavior. They knew it from birth. Mom taught them. Uh, when they leave mom, we don't become mom. So we're not the rules, boundaries, limitations. We're the, hey, let's get affection and excitement and you know not really give the rules or understand how to help that brain get more structured so mm. that they know what the rules are. <clears throat> and so it's really more, and that's where I do what I do. Mm. It's about teaching people how to communicate more effectively with your dog without yeah. all the ridiculous human psychology stuff that we stick in there. Dogs are not that complicated, which I'm not saying to be derogatory. I'm saying that because that's a very powerful message. Yeah. You know, as humans, our species is the most difficult one in the whole animal yeah. kingdom to get along with each other. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, but oftentimes we're doing that because we're emotionally based. We're, yeah. you know, emotionally driven. Uh, nobody else in the animal kingdom is. Uh, yeah. They have emotions, but they're not driven by that. And so that's where yeah. we come in. And oftentimes we go, well, these species are just like us. And then they start right. trying to attach human psychology to canine psychology and it doesn't go well sometimes so I think, you're one of I'm those dogs that's like everything you know <laughs> everything's fine and i'm good and i'm gonna go with whatever but yeah. i mean there are some people like that but most people are not like that and most dogs are not like that either so we um, i believe we have to go to break shortly but when we do come back you have to tell the story about um it's on your website about the two rotties right the two rottweilers Yes, yes. Okay. We definitely have to get in. I love Roddy's, by the way. <laughs> I'm partial to uh, the bully breeds. I really am. I mean, I don't right. have one currently, but I will. <laughs> uh oh, foreshadowing. That's some foreshadowing for you guys. There will be more dogs in the Heffron household. So we, we are going to go to break. I have questions for you, like about, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but like around emotional intelligence and things like that. And maybe I'm trying to look at this through the lens of a human being, and maybe that's part of the issue. But I'd love to talk that about that when we come back. Um, what we're going to do is I will, at the break, I'll share the website for Camp Canine Jack's Beach. So if you check us out on Facebook, you'll get a, sh a chance to see that. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, Valerie Heffron and Tommy D coming at you with Greg, Dr. Greg. To Francis. We'll be right back, guys. And Jovi. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. break we were talking about well very briefly i don't want to give too much away but um you had an encounter when you were working for the jacksonville uh sheriff's department and tell us about the two roddies that you know you somehow wooed to not uh be aggressive with you guys it was a, it was a really simple concept and it was actually quite by accident um i was on a, a team that was serving a search warrant on the house my part of the team was in the back and in the backyard, and this was a rather notorious drug dealer. So, of course, he had all of the extra security elements that you might want, uh, including two Roddies that were chained up in the backyard. And they were chained up so that they couldn't quite get to each other or overlap. So there was a little bit of a walkway in between, but they were still, you know, it was, it was hot. It was dirty. Uh, they were just, you know... <clears throat> you make a dog aggressive because the human makes it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, so we couldn't get closer to the house without getting past these guys. And I decided that I'd go ahead through first, <clears throat> went between where they actually were because I saw the distance. That was a actually just a piece of trash igloo cooler in the backyard. Went over there, grabbed that, went to the spigot, filled that with water, got in between where both of them were, which was close enough that they could both start drinking and they did, like, right uh -huh. away. No no real aggression whatsoever. I'm petting them, and I tell the rest of the guys, go ahead and go. I'm going to stay here for this, because wow. I was really it at that point. So when we uh, eventually took the guy out uh, in the front of his house in handcuffs, he was like, what would you guys do to my dogs? I go, gave them love. That was it. Gave them love and water. Are there... Mother-in-laws uh, in in Jacksonville, in terms uh, like in terms of leaving your dog, you know, um, chained or uh, yeah, like outside in certain temperatures. Uh, most most of the laws and the ordinances around here are, are going in that direction. Uh, 
it just depends on where, which is kind of funny, what your property is actually zoned as. So whether it's farmland or agricultural or, you know, housing. And of course, the, the laws about leashes and having your dog not running loose are still in play. So it depends on the house, depends on the fence, depends on, you know, their uh -huh. ability to get through the fence. There's a lot of different short issues for that. They've gotten away from just chain my dog in the yard and leaving. So they're uh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, especially with extreme weather. It, it makes me nuts. But um, I, I got to I, I got to get in here real quick because I, I, I want to understand something, because I think it's a common misconception that I have certainly myself until even just hearing you say this. I wrote it down. Make it, making a dog aggressive is uh, because it was the human made it that way. So what I, what I want to ask you, Doctor Francis, I'm going to call you Doctor on this one. Is <laughs> I know, but I think it's funny because what I'm going to ask you, I want you to be a scientist for me, real quick. So, <laughs> are you saying that the animals are not in 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 their nature instinctually aggressive, mean? Uh, you know, they're not going to. You know, I remember back in the '90s. You know, pit bulls were eating babies and tragic things like that. But like, that's not like again. That's all. Whatever we know, that's not, that's it's very rare cases that child, things like that would happen. But that's not because the dog, to its nature, is, is going to be that way. Or or certain breeds are, and then pushed in that direction, they'll go even further. Can you speak? There's a lot of questions there, right? Do you understand? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, no dogs are not born aggressive. Uh, you know, a human is not born aggressive either. Through organic brain changes, yes, some things can happen. That's just, you know, that's the anomaly of, of evolution of that particular species, including us. But they're not born that way. <clears throat> if the environment is always one of, you know, way too much excitement, no rules, then you, you can develop a dog that is basically going, well, okay, I don't see leadership around me, so I guess it has to be me. You have the other side of that, which a lot of people don't understand, and I, I work with families that are bringing home their new infants. And really, in the, in the wild pack world, the rest of the pack doesn't get around puppies. Mom is violently protective of the space around puppies, at least for the good two to three weeks. And so that's where I kind of suggest people kind of do the same thing. If you think of it this way, in the pack, there's there's no hospital, there's no doctor's office. If somebody mm -hmm. gets hurt or injured, they they don't just leave it behind, they'll eliminate it, and then the pack moves on. And so realistically, when you hear a very, very small infant, it sounds like dying prey. <laughs> so if you have a dog that is way too instinctual, doesn't have that structured brain where the excitement is gotten rid of in a more productive way, then that's very often sometimes what happens. And you can look at any breed. A Pomeranian has been known to kill an infant. And so, it, you know, throughout the ages, yes, there are certain breeds that get that, that moniker that this is the aggressive breed. It's been Shepherds, it's been Rottweilers, it's been Dobermans, it's, you know, Pitts. Massive. It's been almost yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, and I, I say this only partially joking, that, you know, Chihuahuas never line, line up on that aggressive dog list. But they kind of are sometimes, you know, oh, simply absolutely. because we're just allowing that to happen. We had one, and his name, and I was going to say it before when Valerie was talking about like doing exercises and yoga, his name was Michelob Light, and that explains part of <laughs> figuring out what was going on in my life. But he used to, Mickey used to do this thing 
where he would stretch right and he would like it arches back and do this whole like kind of really fun yoga pose and it was it was, it was really fun to watch him do that but he was aggressive as hell he didn't know that he weighed eight pounds he was like yeah. he was like he thought he was a beast the way he would you know <laughs> start chirping at, at, at other things man so yeah i guess you know um it, so there's, we, there's no if we don't establish the rules then they don't know what the rules are and right. so we don't enforce those rules also i mean it's kind of it's like raising a child your it child is. doesn't grow out of behavior and mm-hmm. people have a tendency to say that about their dog all the time he's young he'll grow out of it right the puppy oh, no, no greg he's a puppy he's a puppy he'll grow out of that right like <laughs> yeah yeah not any more so, than a human will i have to also ask you this question because um well i have my own opinion on it and uh tommy we lost you ready to go but um how many people who are getting a dog, how, what percentage of people do you feel should get a trainer? If, if you don't understand the dog, oh, well, let, me, let me first off start by, there are a lot of people that get a breed and they don't know about the breed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they haven't done any research. They don't know what, you know, and just because and my guy's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. So he doesn't have to hunt lions here. But that's by by nature, that's what they were designed to do. But I still have to give him a job. And every job is about a mental job, regardless of the breed. All of the dogs, every single dog was developed to assist humans somehow, not necessarily being behind the human, because nobody's going to be in front of hunting lions without the Rhodesians out in front kind of clearing the way so to speak so same thing with water dogs same thing with hunting dogs same thing with ratters and terriers everything they have that particular job <clears throat> so if i don't know about what what kind of energy level my breed that i want has mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. I, i'm going into it extremely blind and then you really should focus more on what you need to know about how to communicate with that dog not yeah, this is a dog trainer. I call myself a dog trainer because it's too involved to explain in a tagline what I actually do. Because I tell people right off the bat, I'm not training him to do what he doesn't know. He knows that stuff. Mm-hmm. What you don't know is how to make that happen when you want that to happen. And so you should You're training the human. You're you're a human trainer. Right. So a lot of the the quote unquote training that takes place behaviorally is more about treats and tools and techniques and clickers and spray bottles and cans of coins and all the stuff that does not exist in the wild at mm-hmm. all. I mean, nobody carries treats in the wild, right? There's, <laughs> there's, there's affection at the right time, but there's always really good, clear communication and uh-huh. nurturing who that dog's brain actually is. That's the key to having yourself a nice, happy family. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then not be so tense about it. It's not supposed to be a, a chore. One of the things I think is key also is I know a friend of mine really struggled with this because she has three children and um, and a husband and also uh, the parents live with them, but it's getting everyone on the same page. So mm-hmm. get everyone to not only follow the routine, but like one kid will take the dog out and say, you know, go do business. And then another kid says, do potty. And then another kid says something else. And, you know, it's um, inconsistent, right? So, I mean, how important do you think routine and consistency and commands and everything, how important is that? Dogs are all about ritual. 
And, and so, you know, the, the best illustration of that is when we go back from daylight saving time to normal time, mm-hmm. your dog doesn't switch because they're not an analog creature. Right? So true. So the ritual is going to be, this is the time of day because of the sun and how everything is taking place in nature. This is the time yeah. of day. I know we do X, Y, Z. So ritual becomes very important with what you guys establish. And you're just saying, hey, leadership says this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. My wife and I are are not the same person. She's an attorney. She doesn't do the same thing that I do, but we're both on the same page as to how yeah. to achieve the same goal with our dogs. And so yeah. just because she doesn't do it the same way doesn't mean that she can't achieve results that right. are adequate for her. Say, it's so funny you mentioned the daylight savings thing, and I know we have to go to break, but um, real quick, I just wanted to mention that when that happens, we feed our dog at the same time every night. And if if we're five minutes late, he knows it. it'll start huffing. So when that does switch, he starts wait. Like at six o'clock. <laughs> wait, wait until November 7th. Yeah. You'll be, <laughs> yeah. be an hour too late. <laughs> well, I guess not, because the dog's going to, Joey's going to tell you what time is, is dinner oh, time. He tells us. There's your he alarm tells us. Yes, Regardless he does. of your clock, it's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is time when you feed me. Look, I, I want to, when we come back, just it sounds like even that point you made there, Greg, between you and, and your wife, different styles, but it sounds like there's the same guardrails. There's the same thing. Technique-wise, we may do it differently, but there's there's common rules. There's rules of the pool, and here's what they are, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe we might talk about some of those basic rules when we come back. I, yeah. I Awesome. I am, guys, going to really share the webpage with you, which uh, we had a little <laughs> Yeah, as they say, but we're going to share the webpage right now so you can check it out. It is campk-9jackspeech.com, and I'll show it to you all now. This is Pals. We'll be right back. Howdy. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. 
On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. This is Tommy D. We are back with the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. And I know I'm still sharing my screen, and that is by design, because, Greg, I didn't even mean to set this up. And then when I go to look at the website, there's these top tips. So it really goes into what my last question was. So, gang, if you go to, and I should have spelled this out for you, because as as you know, my company, Focus, is spelled P-H-O-C-U-S. Uh, when Greg and his company spelled camp, they spell it with a K-A-M-P. So K-A-M-P-K-9-jacksbeach.com. Check that out. I'm going to get rid of the screen share. For those of you who are listening in, I apologize. You're not seeing what I'm showing you, but we'll get you that information. As I say, camp, K-9-J-A-X, camp, K-A-M-P, K-9-J-A-X-B-C-H.com. That's how you find the website. It looks like Greg has a visitor on the show. Greg, whenever somebody walks into the room, we, we require that they introduce themselves. So who is that? This is this is Malu. Hi, Malu. What's up, Malu? How are you doing, babe? He goes, yeah, I'm going to the pool to drink out of the pool like I usually do. <laughs> That's his water dish, apparently. Oh, man. Big dog, huh? He's he's quite large, yes. That's <laughs> he's awesome. a good kid. I love I love Rhodesian Ridgeback. I think I feel like I say that about every dog. I'm like I love everybody. Yeah, you do, Val. <laughs> At least in my experience in hanging out with you, you do. We <laughs> 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 jump back in the conversation. Let's talk tips. Let's talk guardrails if we could, and, and everything else. But I, I want- love tips. I'm a big tips fan. Let's talk about tips. Let's before we do it. I just want to shout out. Our friend, Dr. Barry Heffron, who's always checking in on the show. So we appreciate that, checking in on the Facebook. And uh, there's another friend, Joan. I'm trying to find your name. But as I look at the Facebook, Facebook's going slow. So I will shout you out later on. Uh, let's dive into the conversation. Let's talk tips and tricks. And I, I love this one picture on here um, on your website, too. It says, Fred is the dog screamer. You just see this dude <laughs> barking at his dog as the dog is about to knock over a bag of trash or something like that. So I, I'm I'm fascinated too by the fact that this is not about their nature. This is about how we, I'll use these words, my own words, how we're screwing them up. It's not about their nature. They're doing exactly what they were have over a millennia have figured out how to do. It's us getting yeah. in the way, right? So let's let's talk about like just maybe ideas and some basic concepts that somebody might take into consideration. One of the biggest things, because, you know, we, we communicate differently because we think, and then therefore I need to see that, but that's not how dogs actually work. We actually have to send a message that's, that's clear. And I think one of the biggest myths and one of the biggest eye openers that uh, we all have with clients that, that the trainer and the client understands this is that if I pull back on a leash, I'm telling the dog to pull forward. And so 
if you have a dog that is out in front and excited, you're trying to stop pulling by pulling. And so you're, the dog is actually doing exactly what you told him to do. He's going to continue to pull. And that's where people go, but this particular collar chokes my dog. You're telling your dog to pull and he's going, it doesn't matter if it's going to choke me. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And so a pull is that's accelerate, put the gas on. A tug to the side or up is when they're walking more with us. That's, I need you to put the brakes on. Wow. So, just, wow. I mean, just that alone. Just that like basic thing, like should change, like gang, I would think it seems counterintuitive, although whatever the reason that the psychology is that you guys have figured out, and I'm sure many people have figured it out <laughs> along with this community. But like, I would think I want this dog to slow down. I'm going to pull back. And he's going, no, this is a tug of war, Tommy D. I'm pulling away. That's yeah, exactly right. The tug of war. Sled, they become a sled dog at that point because you said, hey, let's mush. Mush. Oh, <laughs> basic. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? And I'll say I was guilty of this, too. I remember when we first got Jovi, and um, I hadn't had a dog since I was a kid, like third grade or something like that. And um, Jovi was, uh, I'm glad we did bring a trainer in because... You know, you're so excited and you have this new pet and your house training. He was he was a rescue puppy. We got really lucky with him. And um, every time that you, we, you know, so he has some accidents in the place. Um, and every time you take him outside and he goes outside, you're just thrilled because now you don't have to clean it. You know, well, you have to pick up the poop, but you're not spraying your carpet or whatever. Right. And so here I was like. Like I'm doing all these crazy gestures and I'm like, good boy, good boy. You're such a good boy. You know what I mean? And, and I was taught quickly, like they don't really care about, you could do cartwheels down your driveway. They don't care about that. You know what I mean? They're not getting why you're excited or anything. And it's not registering with them because that's not how they communicate. Right. And honestly, it's simply because excitement doesn't equate to affection. We do, we do it that way. That's who we are, and that's how we are hardwired. But mm-hmm. that's not that's not affection for them. Supporting that that great state of mind, not performance, but state of mind. If I want a calm dog, then I I create that by reinforcing that, and that's through affection. And affection mm-hmm. takes a lot of different uh, methods. It can be touching, it can be hugging, it can be celebrating. Um, but you know what usually happens, especially with puppies, since you brought that up, is that we're really excited to get them outside. So we're outside and we're, you know, let's walk around, let's do this. And we're keeping them at a certain level of high excitement. And then we go, but I don't have all day to wait out here for you. Let's go in the house because I got to go. Well, as soon as you come in the house, outside represented excitement, inside represents calm, and they go to the bathroom. Because they're not going to go to the bathroom when they're at a heightened, excited state. That's why outside has to represent both. Right. Okay. So it's not like we can't bring them outside, but outside can represent this is our, our calm space as well. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. And I was definitely, I, I was making that mistake also. I mean, like, you know, I, I was so, uh, not was, I'm still absolutely in love with my dog, but I was like obsessed with just like watching him and he was so cute. He, he walks a few steps and then he, he whips his head and then he walks a few steps and he, he's like, as he's walking, you know, so it looks like a strut. Right. I was letting him way in front of me. And then I realized now, like, can you talk about what being a pack leader means? Sure. I'm all wrong. 
the, the shortest way to, to explain this is that you and I as leaders get to say what the rules are. You get to set the policy and then you just enforce mm-hmm. the policy. You know, the practical mm-hmm. application is that we direct and protect. So direction, though, is not just directing the dog. I, I direct everything on my walk with how many other dogs I might have. I direct people. I direct other dogs. I create the environment. You create the environment with your dog. Uh, mm-hmm. Protection is both ways. I'm going to protect others from my dog if that's the case, but I also protect uh, my dog from everything else not going the way I might want it to go because there are dogs that can be what's called more back of the pack and they take longer to process things. And when people push it to come in because I want to pet a dog, you know, then, then the dog's not really comfortable with that. And then, of course, the dog is going to nip to tell you, dude, that's too close too soon. Right. Oh my so God, we have we to talk get- about that. Yeah. More, a little more, please. Uh, we, we touched on this the other day, but can you please educate people as to the right way to approach a dog that you don't know, you don't have any relationship with? Well, the, the right way to approach a dog anyway is if the dog's excited. And of course, meetings and introductions are exciting. Uh, then we don't we don't add to that. Once again, calm before excitement. Uh, the other thing about being respectful toward a dog for who they actually are is that if there's a human attached with that dog, that's the conversation we have. It's not about the dog. It's about the the leadership saying hello to each other. So what you really want to do is more replicate what happens in a pack, which is leadership comes into a new pack. And the followers come up in a calm way to introduce themselves. Leadership doesn't go to the followers and go, hey, I'm Greg. I'm the new pack leader, right? It's the (laughs) other way around. And so instantly you're, number one, telling the dog, I do understand you. I understand you as who you actually are, not individually, but as a species. And then everybody gets a chance to manage excitement better that way. And the dog actually gets a chance to introduce themselves or you to themselves uh, through scent, which is mm-hmm. not about sticking your hand in the dog's face. Right. Scent I is hips down. Like it if somebody, like I just re- recently, one of our first guests, Regina Mendoza, I went to visit her at Camp Happy Tales in, here in New York. And she does a lot of what you're talking about, how to address the dog and kind of just let the dog come to you and don't stare at it. Because how would any of us, and she does, it's kind of funny, in fact, because I've been there with my kids and originally it was just one of my sons and then my whole crew. And she goes like, how would you like this? And she goes, hi, how are you? And like, like, like touching your face. And but doing, it's like, it's like here. It's, it's like, like here. Like, back up, like get out of my face. So like, how would you appreciate that sort of behavior as a human being? Yeah. And she pushes I love you, Regina, but she pushes it because she's like, hey, the whole thing. And it's terrible, but it's like so like telling because it's like that's real. Like that's what the yeah. dog experienced. Like you're in my space, man, right? Yeah, that's that's the Jerry Seinfeld close talker episode. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Oh, my husband's going to love you for mentioning Seinfeld. Well, you know, I, I have to tell you, this this just happened uh, recently um, in a in a park that had a lake and we went canoeing, whatever. And there was a woman there with a beautiful, huge German Shepherd. And I went up to her and I just started talking to her. And I said, I love your dog. Is she friendly? And, you know, she said, um, you know, she takes a minute to warm up. And I said, I'll just talk to you. She goes, that's perfect. I've learned, this is what I was told, the best thing to do is to ignore the dog, engage the human. But then while we were talking, a man approached her, was, was walking up 
you know, facing me, not her. And as he got closer, he was like, oh, what a beautiful dog. And this dog wasn't having it. This, she had a whole grumble, like a warning. And she turned around the owner and she was like, please don't approach me from behind. Not a good idea. Like, and I was like, oh, we're getting ready to rumble over here. <laughs> and so it, I just think these little tips, they're not so little, you know, this can actually be the difference between, and if you have a dog, it could be the difference between, you know, your dog getting bit or you getting bit or just, you know, creating a tense situation. Right. <clears throat> right. And, and you know, the dog's doing his job. He's protecting everything from behind. And so yeah. you know, it comes That's with right. too much, you're going to protest that. There are humans in social settings that do not do well in, in initial introductions because they just take longer to process like a lot of other dogs can do too. Sure. We, we do have to leave it here for a sec. Sorry, Val. Greg, we got to leave it here for a sec. But here, here's what I want to do. I'm going to share um, the website for, I hope I have the right one, Greg. Is it safeanimalshelter.com? Yes. That's the one I want to share, right? Okay. Yeah. I'll share that it was as we go to break so you guys can check it out. Certainly important to Greg and his team. But what I want to say is, my father's father would like my father used to tell these stories they always had german shepherds because like i guess that was the dog back then but he would always play with the dog like and let him nibble or other dogs too they'd let him nibble and that is not a good look right like i mean maybe because so you i'll let you i'll let you guys i'll let you all who are listening ponder on that and greg's gonna tell us why it's not a good idea to let your dog bite and be playful and play fight Greg will tell us why, because I'll just leave it there. This is Pal, the Animal Lover Show. That's what we'll be talking about. And we'll be talking about the future of Greg's organization, what he needs, who he wants to meet, and the organizations that he supports, some of which is uh, Safe Animal. We'll be right for Safe Animal Shelter. Pals, right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome 
Welcome back to Pals, professionals and animal lovers show. 2 p.m. every Wednesday. Meet with us, meet with Val and her pal, Tommy D. Listen, we are, um, we're just super excited to do this show. I mean, this was an idea like most things are, sort of like Camp Canine came out of an idea while you were walking down the beach there and you said, there's something we should do, and then you do it, right? Everything is like a, a figment of our imagination until we put it out here in the universe. So, uh, so that's sort of what this show was, and now I don't know, seven or eight weeks into this thing, Valerie. I mean, it's just... We're building up steam. we got a lot of folks listening and plugging in, and we're super excited. So, Greg, let's get right back into the conversation, man. How did my papa screw up that, those dogs? <laughs> Sorry, papa. Rest in peace. <laughs> so I, I think the best way to explain that is I have clients that sometimes go, well, you know, I, I sometimes play tug of war with my dog, and I know that's not a good idea, right? And I'm not saying it's a bad idea <clears throat> or nibbling or, you know, any of the things that, that we, we think can be fun. But if I'm creating excitement that I can't control, then that's not okay. Because of course, what are you going to do? You're going to get frustrated and angry and upset with the dog. It's really not their fault. You didn't give them boundaries. Right? It's like so, the shoeing of the shoes also. It's like, yeah. you know, people will surrender sometimes their pet because they're chewing their shoes, they're chewing their furniture, their, their kitchen chairs, whatever. What is it? That's just a lack of setting guidelines, right? That's sorry, Val, but but that's just like we didn't teach you. Like, I okay, bite a little shoe, or okay, nibble a little bit, right? Like we're rewarding the wrong behaviors. Is that it? Well, too? it's 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 two pronged actually. We are rewarding the wrong behaviors in the wrong state of mind. Yes, but if I'm also not, and as a dog owner, you're obligated to do this. If I'm not helping them get rid of the excess mental tension and energy that they have in a more productive way then that's right. that's our fault as well. So your walk is not about the physical exercise. It is primarily a mental exercise about following rules and boundaries and limitations, not being excited in the face of excitement unless everybody's excited, right? So I, I was just working with a client this morning. Their dog goes after wild turkeys because they live a little bit off of the beaten path. <clears throat> it's like, well, if all of you guys are running to the turkeys, awesome. It's a great time. But if you're not running, not okay for your dog to run either. And we have to tell them, yep, that's not what we're doing. And so in the face of that, when your dog is actually doing that work and we're not physically holding them back, they're operating off of a mental premise that they have to calm themselves down and not act on that. And that's why it's so important not putting pressure and tension on a leash that sends them in the other direction and having them understand that they have to do the work and not us be upset and angry and or, and or excited about it. So I had, again, some of the stuff that you're saying is exactly the opposite of, I think, certainly what I think a lot of people know. I thought we'd take him out because sure. he needs for a walk. He needs to get some exercise and stuff like that. That's like, so, so obviously not the truth. So here's, they do need exercise, yeah. but it's mental. But it's mental. But no, I would never thought that. I was like, we're going to get, come on, let's go. Let's get, you know, like I would do with my kids. Let's wear them out. Let's get them, you know, we'd like them exactly. to go to bed point soon. But, exactly. but it's mentally trying to wear them out too. And again, it's always teaching and training. So I want to know this. How does, and I want to talk about the safe center. We're running out of time because we always do on this show. No way. Yeah, all, all the, every week, pal. So okay. I want to ask you, the great thing about the show is it's going to go on forever. So you can always come back. So here's the thing. Where, if you're not, like, let's say, so you're in, in Jackson and in, in Jack's Beach, right? And I'm not. So is there other things that people who are listening around the world can, like, learn from you? Do you do a webinar? Like, do you do other things to teach people? Like, I'm telling you, this is not to say that I 
you know, because I don't know about animal advocacy. I mean, I've had a dog. This is just stuff I've never even been aware of. So, so much here. How can people get access to it? The, the best way I think is I, I've wound up using both Instagram and Facebook <clears throat> as a teaching platform. So uh, my website is more of a behavioral blog, but the Facebook, Instagram aspects are an every day, every client. This is what we dealt with. This is how we helped solve it. They'll see some short videos about what the dog is doing or was doing, uh, how the process works in a very finite format. It's not ages and ages worth of material to read through. Because <clears throat> once again, I want this to be a little bit more simplified to get the point across. And then of course, you know, then supplement that. But honestly, and we all joke about this that do this this kind of training. There's a lot of trash on the internet. <laughs> There's I'm gonna watch a YouTube video and it worked for this guy. And so that's the way to do it. And honestly, even with what I teach people, I try to teach them some depth of information, not just here's a technique, because what if that doesn't work? You have mm -hmm. to go to something else. And, and you know, having a, a couple of different options, still along the same lines, I want to work that brain, you know, for, and, and I was mentioning his, this is a great illustration. I don't have to, you don't have to walk your dog, you know, on a five mile death march to get them mentally tired. You can do this in about 10 or 15 minutes you just you, it's more important what you're doing when you're together so for I instance love that malu, so much yeah oh sorry go ahead no with malu sometimes in the end of the night he's still got just a little bit of mental aspect left that he's got a little bit of energy and he knows the game is when he brings a toy over to me and if i if i take it and i pull on it of course i'm going to create that opposition reflex that he'll pull the opposite way so i don't pull on it he has to let go. When he lets go, he gets back to a, from a zero to a 10, more of a zero state of mind. And then I am going to throw it right then. He'll go get it. He'll come back, give it to me and settle and then throw it again. And then at that point, he usually goes to his bed and crashes for the rest of the night <laughs> because uh -huh. he's, he's working that brain from heightened to valleys. You know, yeah. peak to valleys is what I usually describe that as. But if you got upset, you would have to settle down. He's doing the same thing. I'm asking him to do the same thing. You're really excited. Awesome. Get settled. And then I'm going to throw the ball or the toy. Yeah. I cannot even believe what time it is, but I really have to have you mention uh, you're on the board of SAFE, which stands <laughs> an acronym that stands for Saving Animals from Euthanasia. I haven't right. been to their location. I have been to the one in St. Augustine. Yep. Love it. Super impressed. Please talk about what the great work they do. So I, I do work not only with them. I mean, I'm on the board of directors, but uh, I have worked with some of the dogs at SAFE in uh, St. Augustine. Uh, okay. Actually, the, the, chair, the chairperson of the board was one of my clients for the Middleburg, and she said, hey, are you interested? Yeah, we, could, we could use a, a different perspective. And I was like, sure, why not? And, you know, it's a 50-mile drive one way to get to there. <laughs> But but it's okay. I mean, I'm not complaining about that. It's a great group of people. And and of course, you know, the, the difference between a shelter and a rescue is significant. Mm -hmm. a, a shelter takes them in. Let's give you actual shelter and rescues are more about let's get you in and get you out. We we still want the dogs adopted <clears throat> to good right. family, but it, it's more of a, a care uh, state of mind, you know, vaccinations, spay and neuter, 
<clears throat> all of that process, which of course is expensive, uh, even at under the best of circumstances. So, you know, shelters do need not just safe, the shelters need more support. And if you can give a dollar, you'd be surprised where that dollar would actually go. <clears throat> Absolutely. So and it's I highly recommend out. donating to them. Can you do a quick donation and have people donate there if they want to? They can go onto the website, <clears throat> the Safe Animal website. Uh, we actually have a number of, of events that are coming up. There's a golf tournament that's coming up in November uh, to benefit Safe. There's uh, an auction. We're going to mm -hmm. be at different festivals coming up. So at any of those things, and you can always just go right to the website and okay. donate to there <clears throat> yeah we're gonna Any have to amount? actually end it here shortly but I, I i'm sorry to cut you off um i just tommy i know that you're watching the clock and i can't thank you enough for being here so tommy you want to close this out i apologize yeah, yeah, yeah. sure let's do, no, <laughs> no worries. let's do it so greg you're always welcome back on the show so let me do this give me shout out your facebook shout out instagram real quick how do they find you so facebook.com slash greg defranza or slash camp canine jacks beats there's no hyphen in between the k and the nine on that one and uh instagram is at camp canine jacks beach again no hyphen on the on in between the k and the nine <clears throat> go there i sponsor a number of events we do a beach walk every month i've done that for a little over four years if you're in the area come on by don't sign up there's no need there's no cost just come with 50 of your other great dog friends it's always a great group and a lot of fun so enjoy yeah, talk about packs i heard those dog people roll in packs too yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We're, this is a pack right here i like it I, i'm glad to be part of this pack i appreciate you all who are checking in greg thanks for being here val thank you for your idea this is your idea it all came from you thanks for everything here's we, we next week on the show i want to tell you this really quick uh aaron meyer will be here um, we'll be talking to him about, he's actually running for, uh, as a, for local office here on Long Island. He's an animal lover and he is, he's, he's upset about the inhumane way that we handle animals. And he will be talking to us about that, how we're going to make, change. how are we going to make an impact, right? How we add value, how we make it an impact. It's words that I live by in his total commitment to nonviolence. Gandhi always included the animal, stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. This is Pals. See you guys next week. Bye. Amen. ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. <laughs> 